All the major news stories made simple and easy for your listening pleasure. We'll break it down for you in keywords. For this segment, we're joined by Adam. Good morning. Good morning, Lena. Happy hump day. Happy hump day. As we go over the hump, barely. Yes. It's nice. It's the beginning of the hump. Thanks for joining us. We're going to jump right in and take a look at what some of the biggest headlines are this morning. This is our first keyword of the day. Moon at G7. President Moon Jae-in has been invited to the G7 summit in the UK uh, this coming weekend. He's expressed some expectations of the trip. So what's on the agenda and what did he have to say? Yeah, he told a cabinet meeting that his participation in this G7 summit will be a chance to upgrade South Korea's diplomacy. Whatever he meant by that remains to be seen. Mm. We'll have to know once Mm. he gets there. Uh, He also pledged to use his attendance to reinforce South Korea's role in addressing global issues. He said he will focus on emphasizing the country's role as a global vaccine hub, something that he's been trying to push through, and as a bridge between developing and developed countries in tackling climate change, Mm. another high... uh, gender item for the Moon administration. Now, the G7 summit takes place from this Friday to Sunday in the southern coastal city of Cornwall uh, down in the UK. A very nice area, in fact. It's actually <laughs> That's the, what I hear. The surfing town of England. Not that there are many. But. I was going to say, uh, are there a lot? No, I think that's the only one. And uh, speaking in front of someone who's from California is... uh, I don't serve. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, but... (laughs) Incomparable. Pales in comparison. But, uh, uh, yeah, it remains to be seen also whether Moon will get a chance to hold separate talks with the leaders of the US or Japan on Mm. the sidelines, or both. Mm. uh, The US says there are no plans for that yet, but it did open the possibility of such sideline talks. That's Mm. kind of been the... The question around everyone's lips at the moment, will Moon hold separate bilateral talks with uh, Yoshihira Suga? Could there be a possibility of a trilateral talk? Or is that even way too ambitious? Yeah, but uh, I think many are kind of seeing if there's any attempts for reconciliation, especially with the Mm. the frayed ties between Korea and Japan. But... Mm. uh, I don't know, since it's uh, an invitation by Moon to a G7 summit that Korea's not part of, maybe... That might not be it a might priority. Not, it might, yeah, it might not be likely. Mm-mm. I think it's 50-50. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because so much has yet to be unveiled, to right. be honest with you. These are all estimations at this point. Yeah. All right, on to our second keyword of the day. Delivery workers strike. So people in Korea may have to wait a little longer for their parcels as delivery workers are threatening to go on an indefinite strike. What's the latest? Yes, this threat comes after talks between the unionized uh, delivery workers and the government and logistics firms on overwork. Uh, Those talks made little progress, unfortunately. The Parcel Delivery Workers Solidarity Union said its roughly 2,100 members will stage an indefinite walkout starting today. The union has been in talks with the government and logistics firms on the timing of the full implementation of a January deal under which the companies agreed to provide additional workers to sort parcels. We saw these complaints of overwork. Uh, delivery workers, uh, they're saying they should just be delivering, delivering the, yeah, and not, not sorting and organizing these parcels, right. which take a lot of time and they're yeah. not necessarily properly compensated for. Not at all, actually. Yeah. And uh, it is yeah outside of their job description, but uh, something that they're not being mm. paid for. That's the big complaint. Right. And uh, the union said the dialogue fell through after the Association of Delivery Service branches did not actually participate in Tuesday's talks. And companies also want to postpone the implementation of the agreement by one year. Mm. Now, since Monday, union 
unionized workers have actually refused to uh, sort parcels and actually delayed work by two hours. So uh, they come in at uh, nine and they actually start work until 11. So mm. they're just, uh, I don't know what they're doing in those two hours, probably having breakfast or something. Sure. And uh, they also only delivered items that were already sorted. So mm. any that weren't, I think uh, people might have been waiting. But um yeah, they're basically making a statement at the moment. But to be honest yeah. with you, I think the public sentiment kind of lies with the overworked uh, delivery men is, in yeah. Korea, right? And so there's yeah. not a lot of complaints about delayed, I think, shipments. It's more mm. about complaints about whether companies are compensating mm. the overworked workers. Exactly. And the amount of work that they had to go yeah. through, especially this gained uh, the public limelight after more than a dozen of these workers died mm. uh, due to this overwork. And right. so that's where the kind of the public anger, I think the public sentiment, yes, is siding with these workers yeah. more so than the companies. All right, on to our third keyword of the day. Vaccine badge. Kind of like the I voted sticker. I mean, I keep going back yeah. to that. <laughs> it's, it's, I guess it's supposed to be meant to be worn with pride. Uh, with mm. vaccinations picking up pace in Korea, the government is introducing a so-called inoculation sticker for inoculated people to prove they've received a shot. It is literally a badge you can add on to your bag or your yeah, shirt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tell us more. It's interesting. Uh, currently, uh, people, they only get a certificate of mm. inoculation, either on paper or through a, a mobile application. But those over the age of 65, they'll be given an on inoculation sticker and they'll mm. be posted to their uh, personal ID. That's going to be starting in the coming weeks. Mm. Uh, they can do this by visiting their local community service center, the Chumin Center, as it's known in Korea. Uh, on the sticker will be the name and date of birth of the recipient so that it matches with their ID, mm-hmm. as well as the date of the shot and whether it's the first or second shot, if mm. it is a, se- a two-shot regimen. Now, a badge will also be given but the government says this is not proof of vaccination. It's just a, a souvenir. I think this is where the confusion comes <laughs> from. The sticker is pretty self-explanatory, yeah. right? So it's convenient for those who may not have these uh, smartphones, apps, and other mm. means. But the badge... The badge is just kind of like, uh, yeah, well done, kind of, you know, okay. those kind of things. I voted, and yeah, that thing that you mentioned. And mm. uh, So, uh, yeah, the badge is not the proof. Yep. It is the inoculation sticker that's stuck onto the ID card that mm. is is the proof so do take note of that uh, and also with all these kind of stuff counterfeits are also a concern and mm-hmm. so the government is saying that any counterfeits can be uh, punishable by a maximum of 10 years in prison because is it, it is a, a counterfeit of an official government document all right yeah. take note of that on to our fourth keyword of the day Travel advisory lowered. So more countries around the world are starting to open their borders to Korea, uh, considering the safety in Mm -hmm. South Korea, but also to invite tourists that they may perhaps need. So what's the latest? That's right. Uh, The U.S. has lowered its travel advisory for South Korea to the lowest level of one. The State Department said the latest update reflected a low level of COVID-19 infections in South Korea. Uh, The Travel Health Notice advises Americans visiting the country to exercise normal precaution. Uh, It's the first time in about 200 days, in fact, for the level to be lowered back to one. So it's been hovering around about the level two Mm -hmm. and uh, it's been 196 
six days exactly until mm. uh, it's been lowered back. So there's some good news there, so, mm. uh, some encouraging news. Meanwhile, over in Europe, France has announced the lifting of restrictions for EU residents and so-called green countries like South Korea, Australia and Israel. That is green in terms of low infections, not mm. uh, environmentally friendly. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's uh, starting from today. South Koreans will be able to enter France regardless of whether they have been vaccinated or not, interestingly. Okay. And they are also exempt from going through a mandatory quarantine when visiting the European nation. Mm. Uh, but these visitors from the so-called green countries will have to present a negative COVID-19 test result taken within 72 hours of departure and also a sworn declaration which indicates that the person has no COVID-19 symptoms mm. uh, and the testing requirement applies to all persons over the age of 11. It's certainly trying to invite as many people from South Korea into the country mm. during the summer vacation season. I yeah. mean, that seems to be the only priority in with this move, right? Mm-hmm. I'm I thinking wonder the how the French feel, though. Yeah, well, right. I think I might go to France and then take the train back <laughs> to the UK, maybe exploit some loopholes. <laughs> that <know>. sounds so <laughs> exhausting. I want, I don't know why you would do that, but anyhow. If the UK opens its borders, maybe, who knows. All right, on to our fifth keyword of the day. Bitcoin ransom recovered. Let's get the latest on the cyber attack on Colonial Pipeline that happened about a month ago. Mm. The FBI is reported to have recovered almost all the Bitcoin ransom paid to the perpetrators. It does raise questions Mm. about Bitcoin that's supposed to be sort of unhackable, right? Mm. So what's the latest? It certainly does raise questions about that. And uh, the Justice Department said it had recovered $2.3 million uh, worth of Bitcoin out of the $4.4 million ransom that uh, Colonial had paid to Darkside, the group behind the hack. Now, officials said they looked at Bitcoin transaction records and identified a Bitcoin wallet used to hold the digital currency mm. and were able to seize it under court order. The FBI had obtained the private encryption key, similar to a password used to transfer funds out of the digital wallet. Now, traditionally, Bitcoin is used for ransomware and mm. other illicit transactions. That's been a, another big concern about Bitcoin because it is considered more difficult to trace and seize Mm -hmm. now but it is often still possible to track the movement of bitcoin through the blockchain the Mm -hmm. technology behind it making it difficult for high profile proceeds of these criminal activities to be exchanged for uh, Mm -hmm. traditional currency now while the u.s government's efforts were significant they are also underscored uh, the difficulty in going after the perpetrators of ransomware attacks Mm -hmm. to date no one behind the colonial pipeline attack has actually been publicly indicted mm. and the hackers still actually managed to make off with a small per- portion of the ransom is most of the ransom that's been recovered. So whether there a- was a deal behind the scenes or not, mm. that we will never know unless the FBI discloses it. Mm. All right, on to our last keyword of the day. Dodging taxes. The super wealthy go to great lengths to, I think, avoid paying any more taxes than they absolutely have to. And mm. a recent report shows that some of the world's richest men are paying little to no tax. Are you surprised, though? Run us through the details. I'm really not surprised. Right. Uh, there's been reports on this before. Sure. It's uh, a well-known fact, I think. And... Uh, 
the interesting thing is that it's all legal. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, according to this recent report, billionaires, including the Amazon fine founder Jeff Bezos, Tesla co-founder Elon Musk, and the media titan Michael Bloomberg, they've all avoided paying federal income tax in some years. That's according to a report from ProPublica, which cited a trove of uh, IRS data. The stock mogul Warren Buffett was also found to have avoided the most tax, paying a tax rate of 0.1% on the, get this, $24.3 billion in wealth he accumulated between 2014 and 2018. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm wondering. Uh, staggering I, about. Yeah, 0.1% is still a lot. But, in but only four it, years. It, right. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, Bezos was found to have paid no income tax at all in 2007 and 2011. Musk's income tax bill was zero in 2018. Financier George Soros, who actually supported higher taxes on the rich, uh, went three straight years without paying federal income tax. <laughs> but put the money where the food is. Okay. Yeah, well, well, but but there's a big but. He told ProPublica the reason was because he had lost all the money on his investments from 2016 to 2018, the years that he wasn't paying federal income tax. So that was his excuse anyway. Mm. Uh, overall, the richest. 25 Americans pay less in tax than many ordinary workers do. That's where the problem kind of lies. And yeah. uh, it's kind of sparking that national debate in the U.S. about inequality and mm. uh, tax dodging and stuff like that. Uh, and uh, as I said, this is all legal. It's all down to tax strategies, mm. uh, including reductions for charitable donations. You see a lot of charities set up by these rich people, mm. uh, whether it's for genuine purposes or for the tax purposes. It, it might it be both. It could be both. Yeah, it could be both. Yeah. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Sure. Or by taking no wages, that's uh, taxed up to 37%. So they're mainly benefiting from investment income, which is uh, usually a lower tax rate of 20%. You know, if you go to the basics of a working democracy and capitalism, mm. it, even in the best case scenario, it ends with a monopoly. The, yeah. the, the person making the most amount of money, making more money, bigger mm. investments, reaping more benefits, you get the idea. Yeah. And so finding these loopholes is perhaps, of course, mm-hmm. what the super rich with access to uh, better accountants will do. I mean, you know that saying, uh, death and taxes. Yeah. Well, I think these people can avoid, Mm. they can't avoid death, but they're avoiding some taxes. Yeah. (laughs) And and you're right. It is within the boundaries of legality, but it does raise questions, doesn't it? It makes us uncomfortable Mm. and and something doesn't add up. Well, we'll have to see what President (laughs) Joe Biden uh, Mm. thinks of this report if he does get briefed on it. And uh, because he's been an advocate of higher taxes for the upper uh, 1% and the rich. So we'll have to see what kind of policies come out, if any. Thanks, Adam. That was kind of unpleasant. I know. It just made me feel a lot, a lot poorer than you. Perspectives, right? Yeah. I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.